Amen. About football. Amen. I asked Asia, amen, to send me. Amen. If y'all had a theme or a scripture, I never got it. So thank you, Asia. Amen. We'll ever see is that. Amen. But the football theme, amen, to me is, is big. Amen. I remember many a days and many a football games I miss, amen, going off in the church. Amen. And you ought to be glad, amen, that you have, amen, a pastor, amen, that knows how to adapt, amen, to the times, amen, and still keep the fresh word and live a water word, amen, flowing in the house and understand that God wants us to be balanced, amen. You can't be all spiritual, amen, and have nothing natural because you won't be profitable, amen, to nobody here. Amen. <laughs> uh, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't believe me. Amen. If you have no earthly knowledge, amen, you won't be profitable to nobody. Amen. If the only thing you can do is speak scriptures, amen, you won't be able to win the loss. But Jesus gave us an assignment, and he said, go into the hedges and the highways and compel them to come. How can you compel somebody to come with a word with something that they don't understand? Amen. If you, need, if you need scripture, amen, look at Jesus, how he taught. He taught in parables. Amen. He taught in ways and things that they understood. Amen. And then after he gave the parable, amen, he gave the Christian side of it, amen, and the truth in it. That's why he said, search the scriptures because in them you think ye have eternal life. Amen. So that went over somebody's head. Amen. See, we know Amen, that we have eternal life. Amen. But there are some people that pick up a Bible and they read that God died for everybody so there's no way nobody can go to hell. Amen. Search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. Well, 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 well. We thank God for seeing all the football fans here. Amen. I thank God that I don't see no Patriots jerseys. Amen. On this morning. Amen. If you are a Patriots fan, amen, please report to the prayer line at the end of the service. Amen. So that we can lay hands on you. Amen. Buffalo Bills, amen, is in the house. Amen. Amen. Three and no, three and no, three and no. Amen. Are we taking on them Patriots, amen, on today? Amen. If you have your Bibles, I must try to stick with my assignment. Um, I found out preaching many years in the church. That it's important, amen, when somebody call you into the house and give you a theme or give you a topic, amen, they just not making the topic up, amen. That don't mean you just come in here with your, you know, all your own words, amen. But I believe that anytime you have a theme, somebody had to have prayed, amen, over that theme, amen. So we're going to come and we're going to talk about some football and I'm going to talk about some word, amen, and we're going to go on home. Is that all right? Amen. If you, if you have your Bibles, amen, uh, turn with me to the second. I thank God for my wife being here. Amen. On the organ. Amen. Minister Regina Peaton, amen, who went to work and came and went and rest at the pastor's house and just so she can meet me here today. I thank God for that. Thank God for my children, amen, my sons, amen, and my, my daughter. Amen. Being in the house. If you have your Bibles, I pray y'all that are not Patriot fans to pray my strength in the Lord. First Samuel chapter 17. We're going to start with verse 46. When you have it, say amen. In the word of the Lord reads, This day 
will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give it, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. We're going to go down to verse 49. And David put his hand in his bag and took these a stone and slew it and smite the Philistine in his forehead that the stone stuck to his forehead and he fell upon his face on the earth. I'm going to fill in all the blanks later, and I'm going to end with this scripture, verse 54. And it said, and David took the head of the Philistine and brought it unto Jerusalem and put his armor in his tent. Look at somebody and say, off with your head. Amen, amen, amen. I, I, I was going to talk about on this morning giant killers, amen, but I understood, amen, that your pastor was a Giants fan, amen. So I had to switch it up a little bit and just simply off, amen, with your head. Amen, amen, amen. Sometimes you got to use wisdom, amen, amen. So we're not going to talk about giant killers on today, amen. We're going to talk about off with your head, amen. And so, it is important, like I said, we're going to get back to this text, but I want to talk a little bit in, about football. You know, football, they're celebrating their 100th year in football, amen. If you're like me, amen, you're still waiting, amen, for a Super Bowl, amen. Uh, we, uh, we've been there for years, but I missed all four of them years because I was in church, amen. But we're still waiting for... <laughs> A Super Bowl, but I see some Pittsburgh Steelers fans in here. Y'all got y'all's. Amen. Then, you know, the Lord was with the Giants when they got theirs. Amen. Amen. But we're still waiting. But understanding that in order for you to have a football team, uh, there first must be a owner. There's no football team that's out there that does not have a owner. A, a owner is the one that establishes and puts everything together so the football team can run smoothly and effectively. Amen. Most of us, if we don't have a, a, a name team, most of us don't know who the owner is of our teams. Amen. We know the head coach. We know the players. Amen. But most of us, if I go around the room, they would not be able to tell us, amen, the owner of the team. Amen. But the owner plays the most important part of a football team. Amen. The owner, amen, is the one that is in charge. Amen. Understand the owner is the one that's in charge. He's the one that signs your contract. He's the ones that put the bacon on the table. And because the owner is the one that's in charge, he's the one that makes up all the rules for his team. Amen. It doesn't matter how much you want your favorite player to come in. Amen. Everybody wants it, um, Antonio Brown to come into 
uh, their football team, amen, but some owners said, no, not so, amen. There's some free agents you must understand that have to stay on the free agent line, amen. See, so sometimes you can't understand because we look at the abilities of people a lot of times and we say, well, because of their abilities, we can use them on our team because what they have, we are lacking. But the owner, amen, understand that his goal and his agenda amen, is to win the Super Bowl, amen. Uh, even though I don't like the Patriots, amen, I, I got to say they made a wise decision to cut ties. Um, sometimes you got to learn when to cut ties. Uh, it, it, it's too many churches holding on to talents, amen, that's bringing their church down, amen, but sometimes you got to learn how to cut ties. So the owner is the one that's in charge. The owner is the one that makes all the rules. Uh, and number two, the owner is the one that selects the head coach. Um, it's important to understand that the owner is the one that uh, selects the coach and he's the one that selects the uh, assistant coaches and he gets the staff all together. Um, and number three, the owner is the one that gives instructions or what is to be accomplished for his team. Um, number four, the owner supplies the means to accomplish the goal. Amen. So all this stuff is coming down from the owner of the football team. I, I know if I tell you who your favorite player is on your team, amen, some of y'all will give me the quarterback. Amen. Some of y'all giant fans are telling me it's Barkley. You know, some of y'all Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I, I don't know who y'all going to tell me it is right now. Amen. It's just like Buffalo. Amen. It seemed like every time we get a star, amen, we get rid of them, amen. My back of my jersey is McCoy, and he's no longer on the team, amen. And so sometimes we select our favorite player, amen, but the owner still makes the rules. And number four, he expects the coaches and the players to give 100%. We're still talking about an owner of a football team, and the ultimate goal for the owner is that the team wins, well, church, on today, I want you to know that the church has an owner as well. Amen. And his name is simply Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and, and the Bible said that one of the first things that he established when he thought about making his team, he established that we are victorious. He, he, he established it and he tells Peter, he said, listen, Peter, I'm getting ready to make me a team. And he said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my team. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. And so he establishes team and he begins to place headship inside his team. Tell him, say, thank God for headship. Living water, God, the living God, Jesus Christ himself has established a head coach for the house of living water in the past person of pastor facing. Hallelujah. So we already have a head coach. Somebody say, thank Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you don't have to worry about trying to vote him in. Uh, you don't have to worry about trying to vote him out. Uh, before he leaves, amen, you will be removed. Uh, 
I, I, can't, I can't get no amens in here. Uh, it amazes me how in the church of God today, uh, everybody tries to be the pastor except the pastor. Uh, everybody got a word from the house uh, that don't necessarily come from the mouth of the pastor. Uh, we got too many pew pastors uh, in the church. Uh, you ought to be grateful that you have a pastor that not only was sent by God, but was appointed by God. Hallelujah. We ain't got too many churches that's filling up spaces and occupying spaces in churches where they have not been sent. Hallelujah. They've been mama appointed and they've been papa sent, but they have not been appointed by God. So it doesn't matter how you think your church is. As long as you got a good head coach, you're headed in the right direction. Uh, help us Holy Ghost we're going to get there huh? but it's football Sunday so I might as well talk about some football huh? so we got the head coach huh? and, 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 and the point of the owner is huh? it is to select the head coach and to get the head coach assistance huh? so God he places Pastor Faison in charge huh? and Pastor Faison begin to appoint leaders huh? he begin to appoint elders he begin to appoint ministers huh? he begin to appoint his office of line. He begins to appoint his defense of line. He begins to get everything in order even before a game is even played. Somebody say thank God for preseason. Uh, I don't know about you uh, but if I wasn't the preacher uh, I can shout right there uh, because some of us had made some mistakes uh, in preseason uh, but you ought to say thank God uh, it was a game time. Uh, some of us uh, men, uh, have dropped some balls uh, in preseason uh, but we ought to thank God uh, that game didn't count. Uh, look at somebody uh, and said I know you fumbled a couple of times. Uh, but baby it didn't count I know you came short a couple of times but it didn't count it was just preseason God was just trying to test you in a game time situation oh y'all can't help me in here y'all can't help me help me help me you see I understood in the time I give any type of examples I got to give word to back it up Jesus Jesus, he tells his disciples, um, he says, meet me on the other side. Huh? Hallelujah, because on the other side was victory. Huh? But he did not go with his disciples huh, because it was preseason. Huh? And in preseason, the starters don't start. Huh? So Jesus said, huh, I don't have to go with you in this game. Huh? So he went to the press box huh, and he watched the game from the press box. Huh, and the disciples was going huh, to the other side huh? but along the way going to the other side huh? somebody said a storm arose huh? a situation arose huh? and they had to figure out what are we going to do huh? in this situation huh? you got to understand they begin to lose hope huh? you got to understand they begin to lose focus huh? you got to understand they begin to lose everything huh? and they said why will God send us here huh? to die huh? but in the midst of that storm 
story, Jesus comes walking on the water and Peter gets out and walks on water. I say that to say this. Isn't it funny that when you win preseason, it elects who's going to start in the regular season. So you got to understand that even when you in practice situations, your decisions that you make determines your outcome of where you're going. And that's why it wasn't Matthew, Mark, and John and none of them, but it was Peter when he said, upon this rock I build my church. Because Peter was able to tap into the revelation of God and say that if God gave me a promise that I'm going to the other side, even if I got to do the impossible to get there, I know that the Lord will make a way somehow. Help us, Holy Ghost. Ride with me a little bit. We're going to get there. And so after he, the pastor, establishes church, he gives instructions. And this is what I like the most because every house is different. Every house is unique. And you need to embrace your uniqueness in your house. Every house is not a praising church. Every house is not a worshiping church. Every house don't worship on the floor. Every house don't stay in church for five and six hours, but you got to learn how to appreciate the instructions that your leader gives in your house. If you are worshiping church, worship till you can't worship no more. If you are praising church, praise till you can't praise no more because each individual team has an identity. Don't take nobody else church ideas from their church and try to bring it into your church if it have not been approved by the leader because it's not going to work in here hallelujah if that's the case ask for a trade and we will be gladly to release you glory to God hallelujah I'm to the point now when I told my pastor listen don't worry about who's leaving don't worry about who give church threats or y'all don't know people give church threats pastor they give church threats now well well I guess I'm just gonna have to leave because the spirit ain't there like it used to be God don't move the way he used to move. God don't operate the way he used to operate. You know when Mother Bragg was there, people was getting delivered and people was getting healed. But now I don't know what's going on. See sometimes you gotta let folks leave. Listen, God said in his team, he don't have holdouts. In his team, if you don't report the training camp, we'll cut you before the start of the season. I wish somebody would throw their head back and say, Lord, don't cut me yet. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, because sometimes uh, we get it twisted, Pastor, uh, and we think it's all about us. Uh, sometimes we get it twisted uh, and we think if we don't sing the praise and worship song, uh, it won't get sung. Uh, sometimes we think uh, if we ain't the one preaching, uh, folks won't get delivered. Uh, so I'm going to hold out uh, for a better contract. Uh, you know, I don't like what y'all are giving me. Uh, I don't like the offering that y'all raise. Uh, so I'm going to hold out. Uh, but for God said, huh, before we negotiate, huh, I'll cut you loose. Uh, hallelujah. Huh? Look at somebody huh, and say, off with his head. 
Uh, the enemy uh, has been trying to defeat uh, the team of God uh, for years and centuries. Uh, but I come to tell you, uh, we a team on the rise. Uh, don't count us out. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, we going through a rebuilding stage. Uh, but we here. Uh, we got a quarterback now. Uh, watch out, somebody. Uh, you see, before we ain't have a quarterback, uh, we didn't have an identity. Uh, but we had a defense. Uh, I come to tell somebody uh, when you don't have an identity, uh, stand back uh, on your defense. Uh, your defense is simply this. Um, he will never leave me. Uh, nor uh, would he ever forsake me uh, if I throw it into Simpson. Uh, God defense uh, uh, get the ball back. Uh, if I somebody ought to thank God for the defense. And so the pastor gives instructions and the pastor supplies the means of what's going on. In every house, I don't know, I'm talking about my house, but for I know every church at the beginning of the year, they have a saying about what this year is going to be for them. Whether it's the year of the conqueror or whether it's the year of open windows, when watch night service comes, the pastor get the agenda for the year. This year is no more complaining. Or this year is that we're going to overcome. Whatever it is, he lays out the year. He lays out the plan. And it's up to us as the body of Christ to execute the plan that the leader lays out. He can't preach to people if we don't bring them in. He... Hallelujah. Notice what Jesus does when he appoints his 12. He sends them out. Jesus never goes out trying to establish his church. Jesus never goes out to try to witness. But Jesus says, what I deposited in you, I need you to go out and deposit it unto the world. But somewhere down the road, Pastor, we lost it. We got it twisted and we messed up. So the pastor got to spend every Sunday uh, encouraging the church. Uh, and the church was not meant uh, for the pastor to be encouraging you uh, every Sunday. Uh, the church was meant uh, to give you instructions uh, to impact the world. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, we never going to get fans in the seats. Uh, and we don't know the game plan ourselves. Uh, we're never going to pack a stadium. Uh, and we still fumbling uh, over the playoff. Uh, over the paper. Hallelujah. He still got to come and tell the church. Church now, we got the fast. Y'all know this is our fast day. This is our consecration month. You got to sacrifice. Every year, they got to keep telling us the same thing. Like we think the playbook going to change. The playbook is the same. Most teams run about a good five or six plagues. If they have special plagues for special situations. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, I got a play in the cut. 
Hallelujah. And the only people that know it is the practice squad. The only people that know it is the ones that come to practice. The only people that know it is the ones that come to prayer meeting. The only people that know it is the ones that come to Bible class. I can't give out the game plan on the Sunday morning because we may have visitors and they may take it to the enemy's side. So I got to give it out in Bible class. I got to give it out in prayer meeting. I got to give it out on the prayer line. Somebody say, thank God for the plan. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, and so, uh, just like on the natural, uh, we have to get players. Uh, and this is where the church get divided. Uh, because everybody, pastor, uh, can't be the quarterback. Uh, everybody, pastor, uh, can't be the running back. Uh, everybody, pastor, uh, can't be the wide receiver. Uh, and we're good uh, as long as we're the quarterback. Uh, as long as we're the face of the team. Uh, every time something good happens, you say, yeah, I did that. You see why I sung? The whole church went up in glory. You see, everybody can be the quarterback or the running back. But somebody got to be the man in the middle. Somebody got to be the offensive line. The ones that are down on their knees before the quarterback say, hut, hut, hut. Somebody got to be on their knees praying and say, Lord God, we're going to protect the quarterback. It doesn't matter what the enemy may try to bring our way. You're not going to allow me to have a false start. But I'm going to follow the voice of my leader. In the Bible said that my sheep know my voice. So you got to wait till we say blue, 42. What we going to do? Hut, hut, hut. You got to assume your position. But if you're worrying about when I'm going to be the running back, this is what happens. You start missing your assignment. And when you miss your assignment, you cause your leader to get hurt. Poor Eli lost his starting position, not because he couldn't throw a football, not because he don't have game left. It's because he's in years now and he's not as mobile as he was before. He's a little ball now. When he first became quarterback, he had some hair. So he can't move around like he used to. But that old I'm not talking about Charles, but that old giant's weak offers a line causes him to be exposed because they're not doing their job. And there's too many pastors taking the fall for people that's missing assignments. You're missing blocks. What happened to the people that lifted up Moses' arms? And when this was lifted up. They won the battle. When you're not there to do your assignment, you're not going to win the battle. We almost there, y'all. I'm going to get to this word. I learned something in preaching that everybody ain't go to church the way you went to church. So we can talk about David 
all we want. And if you don't know the story of your David, it's not going to benefit you none. But we all know football. So I'm going to tell you about some football. Then I'm going to flip it over to David. Is that all right? So look at somebody and say, listen, if you don't can't do it, I'm waiting. I'm the next up on the death chart. I'm wishing you the best, but if you can't do it, here I am. Here I am. Lord, send me. Lord, send me. I'm tired of the pastor being intact because somebody's slacking. I got to train a little harder. I got to go a little deeper. Hallelujah. And the main goal of the pastor is that all of us win. If the pastor make everybody ministers, there'd be nobody to preach to. If everybody deacons, there'd be nobody left. But on the football team, you need a whole team. And watch this. One of the most important part of a football team and I didn't find this out till today this year is the kicker I was at the season and opening of the Buffalo and the Jets game thank God for changing of leaders you know sometimes everything ain't always bad amen but we was at the opening game of the Buffalo Bills and the Jets and the Jets should have beat us, but the kicker couldn't kick. One point, when I score a touchdown is six, the kicker touch point is only one, and the field goal is three. But if he don't make it, the team lose. It doesn't matter how good the pastor preach, but if that kicker caught the usher, can't greet nobody with love and kindness. It doesn't matter how hard the pastor preach. Ain't nobody coming back Sunday. If the greeters can't put a smile on their face, I don't care how many people get filled with the Holy Ghost. Ain't nobody coming back to a church that got some mean and nasty ushers. It ain't gonna happen. I said sit right there. Excuse me. You don't sit yourself up. Well, when I came in, I was standing at the door, but you was on your phone and Facebook, and I just wanted to get into the house of the Lord. So I decided that I might as well sit myself, because if I stay at the door, I might as well take your job. Just because I didn't come to replace you, but I came to get what I need from the Lord, I'd rather go take a seat. Hallelujah. I'm almost done with this spiritual team. We're going to get to David. So when you know your position, and if I had time, I would give a detailed script of every every position. Because when you know your position, that means can nobody stop us, baby. As much as I hate the Patriots, and I know we're not supposed to hate, but I hate the Patriots because they keep on winning, and they don't play football. Patriots play flag football. Uh, Every time you go near Tom Brady, uh, it's a flag. Uh, Hallelujah, it's a flag. Uh, We could get hit uh, if they don't call nothing. Uh, So I don't like the Patriots. 
Hallelujah. Lord, help me. Thou, my unbelief. They crowned him the greatest quarterback of all time. The devil is a liar. He would have never survived in the era of Joe Montana, the way they used to get hit. He's the greatest quarterback in this time, but he's not the greatest of all time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But, but, but the Patriots, one thing I do like about them is that he don't need no type of read. He does everything on time. If you study them, your talent is not good to be on the Patriots. Could you notice the Patriots, whenever you talk about you want more money, they release you. Because we don't need you to run our system. Because our system is ordained by God. And if you leave, God will replace you. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, so whether they got a Randy Moss uh, or a slot receiver, uh, the Patriots going to do uh, what they going to do. Uh, because when they call blue uh, 42, uh, Tom Brady stepped back five steps. Uh, he throw the pass uh, and he know the right receiver uh, is going to be there uh, on the eight slant. Uh, he's going to be right there. Uh, it doesn't matter what the enemy uh, tries to do. Uh, you can't beat God's timing. Hallelujah. The church, we operate off of wrong timing. The church, we operate on how we feel. The church, we operate off of emotions. The church, we operate on what T.D. Jenks is doing. The church, we operate on what Cliff O'Dellar doing. The church, we operate on what Jamal Bryant is doing but we're missing the timing of God huh, for our church huh. timing huh, is everything huh. hallelujah huh. when you got good timing huh, you can make a touchdown huh, even while you're walking huh, through the valley huh, of the shadow of death huh. I fear no evil huh. why huh. because I got timing Hallelujah. Timing. And so the ultimate goal is that we all win. Well, let me get ready to close this thing on up. In our text, we're talking about a young man by the name of David. We all know in football, there's seven rounds to be drafted. But David, he wasn't drafted in the first round. He wasn't drafted in the second round he wasn't drafted in the third round and after the third round nobody cares who else goes it ain't on ESPN no more hallelujah so we wait until we get an alert on our phone to find out who we picked up in the sixth and in the seventh round but David he had what they call potential help us Holy Ghost and some of y'all y'all miss your Boaz because you don't understand potential you look at the darkness of my skin but you don't see potential 
potential. You look at the gap in my mouth, but you don't see potential. You look at the weight of my body, but you don't see potential. And so I'll go undrafted because I don't fit what your eyes see. I'm not six foot four, dark and bald, built and handsome. I'm short, stubby, with a little gut and a slower walk, but I got potential. Oh, the scouts went out to find the next king of Israel because the former king messed up on God, but he didn't lose his position. That's another Sunday. So, David, he's there. He's not in the black room. He's not in no room. But he's tending his father's sheep. And the draft is over. The draft is over. And Samuel's got to figure out what's going on. I know the Lord sent me here. And I told you, Jesse, uh, to get all your sons. So Samuel says, is there another one? I know the draft is over, but there are some people that goes undrafted. Undrafted. And he can sign to any team that wants him. So we have a young man that goes undrafted and, and he gets picked up uh, to be the leader uh, of a team uh, that already has uh, a leader. Uh, that's how Eli uh, got his start. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, glory to God. Ah, uh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, and so uh, he goes and he was in practice uh, but did not know what he was practicing for uh, was something that was going to benefit uh, the whole house of God. You see, while nobody was had you on their radar, God still had you on his mind. While you thought your life was a living hell, God said, I'm going to produce your hell to keep folks from going to hell. Somebody missed that. Somebody missed that. Huh? You thought you was ready to throw in the towel huh? because the bear took one of your sheep. Huh? Hallelujah. But God said huh? he gave him victory huh? over them Chicago Bears. Huh? He gave him victory huh? over them Detroit Lions. Huh? I mean, with his bare hands. Hallelujah. So while they was losing quarters, They was losing quarters. The first quarter, they was done. The second quarter, they was done. And now by halftime, he got to get somebody uh, that's going to step and stand in the gap. Uh, so here come the unrestricted free agent. Uh, I mean, David was no more than a water boy uh, coming to deliver something to drink and eat to his brethren. Uh, and when he gets out there on the battlefield, uh, he hears uh, Goliath talking uh, and rambling his big old mouth. Uh, Is there not a man uh, that will stand in front of you uh, to fight against the army? and he begin to sell wolf tickets he begin to sell and David said see watch this we forgot about somebody 
And I don't want nobody to get off focus, but go read the text for yourself. David heard that it was a reward that whoever killed Goliath get one of them cheerleaders. <laughs> David heard, and when I read this text, I said, well, this is football Sunday, so I'm not going to stay there too long. But David inquired about it three times. So you mean to tell me if I kill him, I get one of them? And after that, and only after that, David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that come to declare? Oh, men, y'all know y'all need to quit. Y'all know when y'all see something nice walk through, y'all try to suck the stomach up. You may not say something, but just try to look your best. And when they pass you, you breathe. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. So David now, he's in position to come in at halftime. At halftime, we're going to switch. The devil is celebrating because he killed off half of your generation. The devil is celebrating because he got your grandfather to be an alcoholic. He got your father to be an alcoholic. And he's working on you. But what he don't know is that we're getting ready to switch the game plan. You see, before we was ground and pound, before we was running the ball. But when you're down by too many points, you can't fund the ball no more. Can't run no more. I don't got time for short yardage. I don't got time for short prayers. I don't got time for short deliverance. I only got two quarters uh, of football left uh, and I got to get this victory. Uh, so David, he comes uh, and David says, I fight Goliath. Uh, and Saul came uh, and he looks on David uh, and he said, yeah, you a fool. You a youth. You have no NFL experience. You never been an usher. You never been a missionary. You never been a greeter. You never even been to Sunday school. So how are you going to fight a man that was doing what you trying to do for his youth? So David said, the Lord is going to give me the victory. Thank God for Joe Namath. He said, we is going to win this game. And that's the last time the Jets ever won. But he decreed it and he declared it. Even though it was an impossible situation, they put him on the spot. And God loves when the devil trying to put him on the spot. He loves when the devil thinks he's going to win. And so he gives him his armor. It's funny how folks that had the position before you got there was too afraid to do what God told them to do. But then when you get in a position, they want to give you their playbook. 
They want to give you their manuscript. Well, if you want to give me your armor, why didn't you go fight the giant yourself? So David put on their armor. He put on their traditions. He put on the dollies on their head. He put on you can't wear red lipstick. He put on you can't wear pants in the house of God. And you wonder why you 45 and single? Because you never had a tune-up or a touch-up. You never got the edges trimmed. You never got the hair pressed. You never did nothing to beautify the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you don't believe me, you better go ask Ruth, who stood in the field. And she said, listen, I know how to get your Boaz. I know how to get your Boaz. You go stand out there in the field and you cross your legs like a lady. So he know everybody haven't been up and out of there. We're going we to save that one. Let me, let me get ready to close this thing out. Huh? And so now David, huh, he says, listen, huh, I don't know <laughs> the game plan. And whenever they make a switch, the backup quarterback have limited plays. David says, I got to go with what I know. Because it has been proven. What you're telling me haven't been proven. Pastor, you can preach God's a healer every Sunday. And folks still won't believe until they get sick. And they put into practice what you preach and find out it was proven. And so, my good friend, Deacon Donald W. Hinton, God bless his soul, I was going through a situation, and I was wrestling with it, staying up all night, couldn't get no sleep. He said, well, nothing's going to change as long as you're doing God's job. And the person of wisdom never gives you the answer to the riddle right away, because it gives you something to think about. One problem I have with the millennials is that they give them the answer to everything. They have no research to think about nothing. You say one thing, well Google says and, and well this says and you know, they give them the answer for everything. Well the best experience that you will ever have is life. So comes back thought about it. I said, well, what is that he saying? Then he comes back and he says, did you understand what I said before? Because if you don't understand, I gave you time to process it. And so God would not have us to be ignorant. So he says, the Lord never sleeps nor slumber. So if you're going to stay up all night worrying about it, you're taking the job of the Lord. So if he's going to be up already, you get your rest and let him work. So, David gets his five smooth stones. And I'm close. Give me five more minutes. David gets his five smooth stones. And they used to tell me, 
that it stood for J-E-S-U-S. But I said Jesus' name wasn't even revealed yet. You know, I mean, preachers get slick. I mean, it, it sound good, though. But the five smooth stones, it represented grace. The five smooth stones, it represented the faith that David had, the obedience that David had, the willingness and the determination that David had, and the overall conqueror that he knew he already had the victory. And they was five smooth because they was already proven. And so David, he gets up and he gets ready to go to fight Goliath. And they sell with tickets. Goliath says something and David says you think you're going to give me to the falcons and to the dirty birds. Listen, I'm getting ready to destroy. I'm getting ready to devour you. I'm not coming in the strength of man but I'm coming in the name of Jesus. I'm coming in the name of the almighty God of Israel. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. And that's what we mess up at because we don't got the victory yet. But you ought to celebrate that you're coming. I'm on my way out of this. I'm on my Listen. The reward was he would get one of the wives of Saul, one of the daughters of Saul and that his house will forever be blessed. This is why the enemy didn't want you to go drafted because he understood that if you ever get into position you was going to deliver your whole family. If you ever get into position, you was going to make a way out when there was no way out. So David, he grabbed and he told Goliath, he said, listen, I'm getting ready to devour you. The Bible said that the enemy comes to steal, to killed into the story. But David said, I'm getting ready to flip the strip. I'm getting ready to off with your head. I'm going to kill. I'm going to steal. And I'm going to destroy. And Goliath got mad because David punked him. Hallelujah. David, the little shepherd boy, he punked him and they got Goliath mad and they threw Goliath off his plan. You know, I told you before that there's always one play you got to keep in the strip. You see, when when they had the interview before the game, they told them we're going to ground and we're going to pound because David said on his resume, that the reason why he knows he's going to win the battle is because with his bare hands he killed the lion and the bear. But when he got to game time, he didn't come with the one game. He came with the one hit or quitter. He came with the bread far. He came with the... 
Rogers uh, from the patch. Uh, he came with the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Hail Mary. Uh, he said, I got one shot. Uh, I'm going to make my next move, uh, my best move. Uh, church uh, of the living God. Uh, we've been making uh, a whole lot of mistakes. Uh, but I come to tell you uh, on this morning, uh, you can make your next move, uh, your best move. Uh, get your sling uh, in your hand uh, and tell that devil, uh, Satan, I'm getting ready to tear your kingdom down in the name of Jesus, the bright and morning star, Jesus, the lily of the valley, Jesus, the wheel in the middle of the wheel, I'm getting ready. to hit him with the one hit a quitter offensive line you don't got to block this play let him in it's a setup cause I got a running back that's gonna go out in the slot called the Holy Ghost and the Bible said when God could not swear by no other he swore by himself he told him I swear I bless you and then God said I agree help us Holy Ghost, hallelujah, God say, David, you showed up, but I'm getting ready to show out, David, he went for a cheerleader, and God used him to deliver a nation, he slung, and he hit Goliath. Quote them off guard. We've been running all day. And the play action got him. And my running back, the Holy Ghost, got through the secondary. And he ended out with perfect timing. You see, when you mess up like I mess up, your last shot can't miss. Because we don't got what it take. And I don't got time to go back in my pocket to get another stone. So you got to make this one count. They used to say, Pastor, when I was growing up, make this next praise your best praise. Because you don't know when you get another one. So David slung it, and he hit him. And instantly, the Bible said, Goliath fell flat on his face. Hatabobo say flat on his face. 40 days of tormenting and a free agent, undrafted free agent was able to put the enemy flat on his face. But it don't get good there. It don't get good there. Because he said, that old devil, you were selling wolf tickets. But I was dead serious for real. Don't touch mine. Okay, well, maybe y'all let people mess with your family. 
Don't touch mine. Don't touch the children of Israel. And so David, he could not operate with Saul's armor. This is a miracle right here. Because once you make your body a living sacrifice, we don't want no dead sacrifice. You laid up here on the altar and everybody lying and telling about how good you was. God said, make your body a living sacrifice. David becomes a living sacrifice. He picks up the sword. How did he pick the sword up? When he couldn't even walk with what? He couldn't even walk with what Saul had. But he was able to pick up the sword of Goliath and cut off his head. When they said, Peters don't graduate college, he was able to pick up the sword of Goliath and cut off his head. When they said all marriages in the divorce, he was able to pick up the sword and cut off their head. Somebody get what I'm going. It's not good enough to defeat the enemy and watch him fall. But you got to get bold enough to back up your word and off with his head. Do I got anybody in the house today who's fed up with what the enemy has been doing and you ready to cut off his head. You said I'll never be nothing. The report said that's a lie. You said I will never amount to nothing. The report said that's a lie. You know they said it. Some of y'all believed it. But I come to tell somebody that before he formed you in the belly of your mother's womb. He ordained you. So whatever the enemy is saying, that's a lie. So somebody need to pick up the sword of the enemy that's been keeping your family down for years. Whether it's depression, oppression, whether it's drugs, alcohol, whether it's poverty. The devil has been defeated. But it's your job now to pick up the sword and get ready to cut off his head. Satan, you had my daughters uh, long enough uh, Satan uh, you had my sons uh, long enough uh, I'm getting ready uh, I'm getting ready uh, to off I'm getting ready to off with your head. Hallelujah. And so in my closing, I want you to know this. Why is it important to cut the head of the enemy's head off? Why is it important? You see, God is the head coach. He gives the instructions because he knows what's coming down the road. And God, when he established this team, he established it on principles of winning. 
he established it on principles of what's to come. It was a foreshadow of what was to come. He just ain't cutting off the devil's head so he can do his Deion Sanders dance in the end zone. He just wasn't cutting off the devil's head so he could perform a celebration. But it was prophetic in what he was doing because the same God who came from the lion of the tribe of Judah, the same God who came down the line of Boaz. You see, Boaz was Jesse's great-grandfather. And then he had David. And then the bloodline of David was Jesus Christ. I come to tell somebody that this cutting off of the devil's head is going to save the next generation. This cutting off from the devil's head so your kids don't got to be on welfare. Your kids don't got to live on the projects. Your kids don't have to be uneducated. This level of cutting up the devil's head. Your kids don't got to die from breast cancer and prostate cancer and all this stuff. So we're going to cut off his head. And pastor, as I go to take my seat, it blew my mind with David being from Bethlehem. He cuts off the enemy's head and he takes it, the Bible said, to Jerusalem. He takes the garment and put it in his tent because I ain't used Saul's garment. So I'm the MVP of this game. So that trophy is going in my house. But the head of Goliath, he takes it to Jerusalem and he buries it, Pastor. And he leaves and goes on about his business. He don't understand why he buries the head in Jerusalem. He just following instructions. On that note, just going to give you a quick testimony and I'm done. I grew up in the church very uneducated. And that's why I tell my kids, education is one of the most powerful tools you can ever have. Educate yourself. I was very uneducated. Couldn't read. Couldn't write. Couldn't provide for myself. Couldn't do nothing. And I was struggling trying to find a job. Going to ShopRite. Going to Cost Cutter. Trying to get a job. McDonald's. Couldn't find no job. And I prayed. And I prayed. And I went to my leader. And she gave me instructions. And I followed her instructions. Until I heard a word from the Lord. And the Lord told me. That I needed money. He told me to go volunteer somewhere for 30 days. And after 30 days, he'll bless me beyond measures. I needed a job, but he told me to go volunteer somewhere. 
So I followed the plan of my leader, and God blessed me. I didn't understand it then. I understand it now. My leader is dead and gone, but I'm still living off the blessings of what he said. So his instructions was to bury it in Jerusalem. Well, don't you know if you read in the book of Luke, and I believe around the 11th chapter, and it talks about Calvary, and it talks about the hill of the skull. Somebody's going to catch this after a while. It talks about the hill, not of the scars, not of all of them, but this one and our Savior, our risen and buried Savior. He hung on the cross of Calvary and celebrated the same head that David cut off of Goliath. You see, God had David killed a giant, but God said, I've come to kill the ultimate giant. That's why you can't bury what God have told you in your past because you got to take it to your future. Even though you don't understand it now, it's a generation that's coming after you. And before I allow the next generation to miss Calvary where he bled and died, to miss Calvary where he hung for you and I, I got to cut the enemy's head now so my grandkids won't miss Calvary. Hallelujah. 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 You got to cut his head off now because the Savior is coming after your obedience to the same place.